0: what's up everybody is casey with two Worlds podcast and with me as always it's the blue to my steve it's jake how you doing buddy
1: i'm good man is that a foster's home reference it's a blues clues
0: reference dude
1: well why'd you spell blue like that because i wanted to (laughs)
0: oh but isn't
1: that how blue spells blue? i I think so
0: but it's it's a mac and blue I didn't and then watch he makes the show, and then he accidentally makes. He thought he accidentally made cheese one time. And it was mac and cheese, and then, and then it turns out that cheese was just the neighbor's imaginary friend that went across the street and would get like would just was crazy, and it was really funny. Ah, uh, I didn't. I didn't get to watch that show, so I, I, it was, I. heard. It was good. It is. It's. Uh. It was by like, I guess Powerpuff Girl fans don't like it very much because it's by the dude that made powerpuff girls and like while he was making that it was like the last season of powerpuff girls and then like someone else kind of took over the last season and like it went to crap like it got really really stupid and they're like mccracken why didn't you just finish this (laughs) (laughs) well that's understandable
1: but anyway uh yeah blues clues how was your week casey
0: It was eventful. I did two Spartan races. I am feeling it. And, like, the worst part was Thursday. I went on a run, like, my last run before the races. I was like, oh, I'll just kind of, you know, do a nice light run. But I wore, like, no-show socks. (laughs) And so it rubbed the whole race, or the whole my whole run in that morning. So I got two big blisters on the back of my um, heels. And one of them burst before the race, like, that day. So I was in pain there. And then Yikes. the first Spartan I did, it was like um 13 miles. So that other one burst there. It was getting sand and stuff in it. And then like so I had both of these just like getting like all types of nasty stuff in it. And then the, so the next race I was going on like two bad heels running, you know, it was luckily only three miles for the second race, but still it wasn't wasn't great.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful, man. But, hey, I'm proud of you for doing both of the races. Thanks, man. You looked very handsome and rugged in your photos.
0: Well, thank you. You got to plug the Instagram now. Go ahead, because I don't know my handle off the top of my head.
1: I think it's just at I'm Casey or hey, I'm I Casey Morse.
0: Got, I think it's that and then like maybe the number two, because I'm Casey Morse is probably taken. Ah, okay.
1: Well, anywho... let's uh let's hop into some news i kind of obliterated KC on news this week which doesn't happen too often so i'm going to revel in it while i can and i will start off with a couple small ones so this this was like stupid vague but according to mark millar or miller however he says it uh marvel zombies is getting the live action treatment eventually he that's, didn't really go into details. He was just like, oh, I was talking with some people and they said it's probably going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, because, well, we talked about this. There's characters from What If that's supposed to be coming over into Doctor Strange. So I wouldn't be surprised if they show up in Doctor Strange. And, you know, I mean, hopefully he's getting paid for it. Probably not much because it's Marvel, but, you know. Yeah.
1: I Do you know when Doctor Strange comes out? I think it's sometime next year okay because i i haven't seen any of what if yet and i i just need to like sit down and binge it in like a day you know yeah because i don't i really don't want to uh, miss any like even if it's a cameo from like this show or something i want to be caught up on all things marvel for when this multiverse stuff hits the fan you know
0: yeah uh, it's coming out march 25th 2022
1: okay well i've got time then
0: yeah uh, but anyway i mean we
1: i don't want to say we figured live action marvel zombies would happen but like in some capacity it was probably going to happen eventually yeah. right
0: i'm going to say this though it is pretty awesome that it is happening cuz like if you would have said this when it came out like oh we're going to get a marvel zombies related thing in a movie someday it's like i'd be like no you no we're not you're stupid yeah, so the fact that it is happening, I mean, it's clearly a sign that they're running out of ideas, but it's still pretty cool.
1: Which is crazy because they have thousands of things they could do. But dude, they have a whole house of ideas. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, and then also. Matt Wagner. Easily in my top five comic creators of all time. Uh, His comic series Grendel is getting a live action eight episode Netflix series. I've not read it. Um, That's one of the few series of his like I whenever I read Mage, I was like, I'm either going to do Grendel or Mage and I went with Mage, but I hear Grendel's super cool. Um, Looks super cool. He does look cool. I the only thing I know about him is that he's a fencer like a swordsman fencer and i want to say there's some like magic or supernatural stuff with that too but anyway uh of course i tried to get some trades in but they are long out of print hopefully uh dark horse i think owns the rights hopefully dark horse gets some uh, some of the trades back in print but i definitely want to check that out before it drops because i want to support matt wagner yeah an eight episode netflix series i mean that sounds about perfect in my opinion that should cover that entire first series
0: yeah hopefully that's something
1: you'd check out
0: it's something i would for sure check out like that's kind of right up there with invincible where it's like that's one of the things i've always been interested in seeing or reading but never have so seeing it and you know a netflix version would be pretty sweet Agreed,
1: and at least with Grendel, it's like, oh, six issues, I can do that versus Invincible's 175. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's been like a handful of Grendel miniseries at this point, so maybe they'll do, you know, if it, if it catches on, they'll do another mini for the second season or whatever. But hopefully, it does well for him because the guy's been working in the industry for a long time, and I'm glad that something's finally
0: come together. Yeah. Anyway, I'll let you talk now, man. All right. So um, I remember re- you remember me talking about the book Hotel with the two L's. I sure so do. It, it's by John Lees and Albert Taylor Hopefully that's how I say his last name. They're actually getting a second series of it. So we're going to get to continue that series, which is good because I wasn't super hot on the ending personally. So like, getting more of that and kind of seeing where it goes should be pretty awesome.
1: Maybe we'll get to do another advanced review for our good friend,
0: John Lee's. That'd be pretty sweet, man. I'd be all about <laughs> it. I'm hoping if we do, it's going to be for the uh, uh, the Crimson Ring instead, though. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So,
1: Casey, there is a boatload of new comic info this week.
0: But I saw uh, that. I, didn't, I was seeing him on Twitter and I was like, I'll get to it when I get to it. Or Jake will probably get to it. Then I was like, yep, he did. So I'm yeah, not going to worry Jake, about Jake it. Jake
1: got to all of it. But before we get into that, I'll, I'll talk about one more like TV show thing. If we had talked about this before, I totally forgot. But Hit Monkey will premiere uh, November on Hulu. Jason Sudeikis was cast in that along with like Olivia Munn the the teaser dropped today or the day before did you check that out at all
0: no like hitmonkey is one of those characters i remember when he came out Mm -hmm. i was like boy this is stupid and guess what i still think about this character
1: stupid yeah i remember you hating it when it came out because i was exploring where i wanted to go with my comic fandom at that time and i remember reading some of it because um danny way wrote it and uh it i like him as a writer so i don't think it was as bad as it could have been but as to anybody on the outside if they were like that's dumb i don't want to i'm like yeah i totally get it uh but i watched the teaser it was really short um it looks ridiculous totally bonkers i'm i may still check it out it might be the right kind of bonkers
0: yeah and then um so did you see the director of the flash andy muschietti and he posted a batman insignia with the flash lightning bolt over it did you see that no i didn't all right so yeah for batman day he posted it was just one of the batman insignias and like the one thing that's kind of interesting he posted one i think last batman day where it was very much the tim burton batman this one's Not quite the Tim Burton one. I didn't compare it to the Affleck, like it's different than the Affleck Batman too. So it's like it's a different insignia. Don't know if it's you know how they're going to do that, but then it's got the Flash lightning bolts over it. And there's some fans out there that are trying to say like, oh, maybe it's we're going to see the. I had to write his name now because I didn't read much of this character before, but uh, Red Death from the Batman Metal, yeah. Which is the for those that don't know, is the dark multiverse Batman that's got super speed. Which I hope not. <laughs> but you know, we we very well could. And I was
1: I was kind of just thinking maybe a team up.
0: Yeah. I could very well could. And it could just be, I mean, heck, it could just be Ezra Miller trying to come up with his new costume because they said he's gonna get a proper costume in this, so that could be part of it.
1: That's good, because I've hated all of his costumes up to this point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So I'll do a couple of the comic announcements. Oh, first off, uh, so James Tynan is launching Department of Truth Wild Fictions at Substack. It's going to be a Department of Truth spinoff dealing with uh, certain case files from the Department of Truth. I'm not reading that series, so it didn't really grab me, but Casey, I know that you liked that a lot at first. Is that something that could get you over to Substack?
0: Uh, Probably not. I mean, it was interesting, but it was also like, yeah, you're getting a little too out there for me, and that's kind of why I stopped reading it, so it's just like keeping that stuff going might be too much.
1: Yeah, fair enough. So, this one was interesting. We've got a mini series coming out from Mark Russell and Steve Lieber called One Star Squadron. A play on All-Star Squadron. Uh, Mark Russell is known for doing like some like satire and social commentary stuff, so it could be interesting, but the catchphrase for One Star Squadron was Superman-level service at Bizarro prices. Um, I'm
0: really, I'm really hyped for this. I mean, I love Steve Lieber's art, so.
1: Oh, I do too. He did Jimmy Olsen, right? Yep. Um, so I'm,
0: I'm really, really excited.
1: And the, the little bit of art that was teased with that looks really good. Um, I've not really read much by Mark Russell, and I know some people like really loved his Snaggletooth mini and like a couple other uh, of the like. Oh gosh hanna barbera stuff that he did, but I didn't well, really okay. read any of it, so uh, I don't know. I'm I'm still willing to check this out, though. And You just said that you were, too, so that's good. Um, and then Jeff Lemire is writing a Swamp Thing book for Black Label. It's going to be three issues, and it's called Swamp Thing Green Hell. What about that one, dude?
0: I'd probably check it out. I mean, Swamp Thing's one of those characters where it's very dependent on the writer and which is weird that I say that since like, I'm not reading Ram V's run, even though I love Ram V, but I ascend like how he wrote him in the future state stuff. So, but yeah, it's not someone that I'm ever like, got to give me some swamp thing, but I like Jeff Lemire and he's written him before and I liked how he wrote him, wrote him then. So, but you know, what about you, man?
1: Um, I'll flip through it. That's going to be a game day decision for me. Yeah. I like Swamp Thing well enough, but uh, if I'm honest, I'm getting sick of these oversized black label books. I hate it. Yeah, that's just, true. just make them normal-sized. Customers don't like it. And let me tell you, the shops don't like it. I can't yeah. put them anywhere, man. It's annoying. Magazine yeah. size boxes. It's not convenient for me to just have those sitting around.
0: And I like this I'll say this so like just as a as the consumer this one and then like the question those ones make a little bit more sense being the bigger ones but then like that Lobo versus Superman book which is just much more comic booky book that 100% needs to be in like a regular comic book format you know where it's like where yeah. the, like the question one and I'm assuming how this one's gonna be where it's gonna be like darker themes and you know all this other stuff it's like okay you can justify that but the the other one it's just a fun comic booky thing it's not you know anything too crazy so and that can be said for almost
1: all of them yeah Um, and like even the hardcover collections uh and trades are that size too and my customers that trade weight on stuff like this don't like it so like it sits weird on the shelf or like doesn't even fit on the shelf so
0: it's a coffee coffee table book. You just set on your coffee table.
1: Yeah, that's definitely where I want Bat Junk, right?
0: <laughs>
1: just kidding. That wasn't even that big of a deal. But uh,
0: I heard it was pretty big.
1: So. And then I'll do one more and let you do your next thing. Um, Batman Beyond Neo Year, which is going to be done by... Uh, Kelly and Lanzig who I think just did the Batman beyond story in this week's um, urban legends, potentially.
0: But I anyway, think so, cause I saw online where that like leads directly into this.
1: Yeah. And so the, the gist of this story is that Terry McGinnis avenges the murder of Bruce Wayne. So could be interesting. I think it's going to be a six parter. Yeah. Um, But number one is due out uh, in April of next year. So if you're a Batman Beyond fan or that sounds interesting to you, check it out.
0: I'm going to give that one a a check out if I remember to. What about you?
1: I'll probably give it a read. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I like Bruce being dead as opposed to just him being there to like support Terry. You know what I mean? Uh but we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm willing to give it a shot.
0: All right. Then my last bit of new solicits came out for uh just sleep incarnate and we are getting a fat woman who laughs. So Jake, prepare the prepare the, you know, getting lots of those so you can sell them because people are going to be going crazy over that.
1: Here's why I think you're wrong, Casey. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal because everyone's prepared for it <laughs> before we didn't know we were getting Batman who laughs in that issue of teen Titans 12 from rebirth. So that's why it's very rare and still really expensive because nobody knew it was coming. Now that we know this is coming shops are going to overorder the crap out of this thing and people might pick up an extra copy
0: But overall, I don't think they're going to care that much. Don't you have at least one customer that's going to be like, hey, could you get me 82 issues and, you know, like, give them to me? (laughs) I'm sure it'll probably come up at some point.
1: Maybe it'll be like a $10 book and I can make lots of money. Who knows? Yeah, probably not. But a girl can dream
0: like it's. I just want to know who asked for that. Cause it's like Nobody. as far as I can yeah, as far as I can tell, like everyone's tired of the Batman who laughs and just ginger swapping them isn't gonna make anyone go like, oh well now I like it again.
1: What I'm hoping is that because Williamson is a good enough writer, right? I'm hoping mm-hmm. that it's just since he's dealing with all this multiverse stuff, it's just uh maybe it's a one off villain for like an yeah. issue or a very short story arc and it's not going to be like this is who the justice incarnate is fighting and there she's even worse than the batman who laughs because then i'm just going to roll my eyes until
0: they fall out of my skull i think if williamson was brave he would have made the joker who scowls instead
1: (laughs) uh one of my helpers at the shop chris he calls him the batman who (laughs) keks and it kills me every time he says it (laughs) It just makes me giggle, uh, but anyway, that's a thing, huh? Interesting. I'm still, I'm still gonna
0: check out because I think. Oh me, well, me too. And then I'm gonna sell that issue for two thousand dollars, and I'm so excited about it. That is. That's gonna be the buy it now price on eBay as soon as it comes out. <laughs> good luck, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, so I will now
1: go through the rest of what I got here. Um, So Philip Kennedy Johnson is launching a World of Krypton miniseries with Michael Oming, and it will be telling tales from before the time that Krypton exploded. So if you just like Krypton and like, I don't know, (laughs) Krypton stuff, you might dig that. There's been a couple World of Krypton miniseries since the 80s over the years. So, you know, at first I was like, it's dumb because we all know what's going to happen by the end of it. But this is something that's been with DC for a long time. So uh, old PKJ is a good enough writer with especially with the Superman stuff or at least the action comic stuff. So who knows? Maybe it'll be a
0: knockout. I mean, my whole thought, though, is. Right now, we're getting that crappy Midnighter series as a backup. We could just be getting this and not have to pay five bucks for another book because I don't care enough about Krypton to want to pay money to read about it. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a pass for me. I like Philip Kennedy Johnson a lot, but not, not enough for that.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I'm kind of in the same boat there. But what I see happening and see this as a thing, I feel like lots of people feel that way but then Philip is going to throw in like a brand new character that's going to take off later. And then this, this series will explode. So who knows? And
0: and you're going to have that, you're going to have some sweet, sweet, you know, back issue, new character money coming your way. (laughs) $2,000 buy now price. Heck yeah, man.
1: All right. Um, So next, I thought this was interesting. One of my very favorite writers, JMD Mateus, is going to be writing a Ben Riley Spider-Man comic a miniseries that actually takes place in the 90s Spidey continuity. Art will be done by David Baldion, And if you read and enjoyed any of the like, original Clone Saga stuff, it, this will take place during that time. I think that's pretty neat. Um, Again it's one of those things where it's like will it matter? No, but if you like that time period and like 90s Spider-Man like a bunch of people do and you're not going to like the thrice monthly amazing Spider-Man stuff going on, maybe this will be a good option for you.
0: Yeah, it's just my only problem is it makes me think of that I think it was web of Spider-Man the Peter David Spider-Man book where I was I was reading it but I'm just like I kind of got to the point where I'm like Oh, but nothing. none of this actually, none of this continuity really matters. It's all going to get wrapped up with a nice bow at the end. So I just quit reading it, and it's kind of the same thing with this, though I will say it's going to be nice for the Ben Riley fans. Is Mike Hype about it? Yes. Okay. Because that's that's the one plus side where it's like with the other one, it was just a Peter Parker story. At least this one, we're getting like Ben Riley out of it, you know, more of him instead.
1: Mm-hmm. And like the art that was shown with it like ben's costume yeah. looks amazing like i i think it'll be cool i i don't know if i'll read it i think I, i'll at least give it a shot maybe this can be a spider-man book that hooks me because i don't know here lately if nothing has and uh and i like spider-man i want to read spider-man maybe it's just going to take ben riley
0: <laughs> i mean it I think it's going to take a month, just a regular old monthly book too, though, you know, versus like Mm -hmm. having it come out 15 times a week.
1: Yep, (laughs) I agree, man. Uh, And Casey, finally, we've been talking about it for a long time. I've been asking for it for a long time. We are getting a Batgirls title. It's going to be written by Becky Clunan and Michael Conrad with art by george or jorge corona the art looked awesome for this book did you see anything on it
0: i saw a few things when it was announced yeah that was another one where i was like sweet and then i put my phone down and then like five minutes later you texted me about it
1: (laughs) yeah i yeah i'm I'm stoked it's it's gonna be stephanie and cassandra just being back girls underneath uh you know the watchful eye of oracle and it's about darn time. I'm very, very, very excited for it. Are you going to give it a shot?
0: Oh yeah. Like, I've never. I've heard Becky Clune's name. I can't place her though, as far as what she's written. But it's usually a name that's well regarded, so that's you know going to be good. So I guarantee yeah, you read one I thing have, by her. I bet I have. <laughs> At the very least, it was one of the things in like one of the fifty. You know like, Oh, hundred years of this character book, because I'm sure she's written something in one of those. I just don't, you know, I can't place it. Yeah.
1: Well right now she's writing current wonder woman. So I've been digging that for the most part. So that's been cool. Um, But anyway, very, very excited for that. And then the last bit of news that I have effective June 1st, 2022 IDW will be going through Penguin Random House and ditching Diamond. Wow. Yeah.
0: So that's that's another another hurt, but I don't think Diamond's hurting too bad because they still got that Funko money. I
1: know, which still makes me angry. But as a shop owner, I'm very excited. Uh because the less money that I need to give them, the better. And you know, good on them for for going through Penguin. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that is, uh, that's everything for the news this week. So we'll take our ad break and then we'll be back to talk some comics. So we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to the ad. And again, if you're on YouTube, um, I had a little plug for a guest spot that I did on another podcast that was super fun. So you can check that out on YouTube if you'd like, but Casey now is time for the hour man power hour extravaganza (laughs) I think it gets a new name
0: every week (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but what comics did you read this week so I read Fantastic Four Life Story number four the 90s Godzilla Rivals um, versus Mothra it doesn't have a number Superman versus the uh, and the Authority three of four primordial number one Titans United one And the Joker number seven. What about
1: you? I read Joker number seven, Titans United number one, Primordial number one, Superman and the Authority number three, Justice League, The Last Ride number five, The Mighty Valkyries number five, Harley Quinn, The Eat, Bang, Kill tour number one, Sonic the Hedgehog, number 44, Wonder Woman, number 779, and Masters of the Universe, Revelation, number three. You got a lot more books than me this time, man. I did. Uh, All right. So I will just hop on in. The timer is started. So uh, Masters of the Universe, Revelation actually came out last week, and I just totally missed it. So I'll just do a really brief recap on this. It was awesome. I cannot believe how much I like this four-issue He-Man miniseries. I wish it were longer. Maybe it'll get a volume two. Uh, but I definitely plan on watching uh, the show after the next and final issue comes out, even though a lot of He-Man fans seem to hate it. Um, but anyway, we get basically the origin story for uh, for Lynn, which is Skeletor's uh, sorceress lady. And I loved it. The art is awesome. And then at the end, we get, uh, we finally get some He Man action and some of the other masters show up. But I want to show you my favorite uh, panel, which is Skeletor in his Horde gear. I think it looks awesome.
0: That is awesome. Now, can you, can you read what he says in your Skeletor voice since I have to get you to do an <laughs> impression of him every time?
1: I'm taking you away from all this.
0: That's all I got.
1: <laughs> uh, I am not me. nice. Yeah, I love it. Uh, oh, I forgot to to give the credits. So the script is by Tim Sheridan and the art is by Mindy Lee. And color art by Rico Renzi. I want to shout out the colors because it's awesome. Uh, yeah, this is awesome. I've been loving this book. 10 out of
0: 10. Nice, man.
1: There's probably some Masters of the Universe fans who are like, this guy's out of his mind it's you know garbage but
0: i like it i just love too though how it's like you're you guys are complaining about a series that's literally made to make toys yeah (laughs) there's no depth there like that old series there was no depth so it's like they're trying to add stuff but it's like it's not the same deep stuff that you added when you were a kid playing with the toys. Mm -hmm. so it's not near as good
1: yeah i know like i don't want to step on toes because trust me guys as a thundercats fan i totally get hating some new series but i i don't see it with this one like the old show was kind of corny and that's fine i like it uh but this this is great it's great stuff uh okay next it wait how many do you have that we
0: didn't read together i only have two i think you had no. six joker oh i read i had the only two i have were fantastic four and godzilla rivals
1: okay so you read had, last ride superman Authority. i did because i
0: forgot last ride when i was getting myself
1: <sighs> dude it was so good i know
0: i'm gonna have to put on my list this week
1: okay so superman primordial titans and joker
0: yeah it would have be been nice if you would have listened to me the first time
1: yeah well i was too busy getting my massive heap in order <laughs> all right wonder woman 779 this is by becky clunan and michael conrad and art is done by travis moore so this is the finale to all of the janice stuff that was happening and it was kind of like it was good but kind of weird because they're transported to this like we'll call it limbo And we think Deadman dies. And I guess he does die at the end of that last issue. But then Wonder Woman's like new lasso is talking to her. And it's telling her to use it on Deadman and command him to just come back to life. And he does. It's
0: like, okay, well, that sure is weird. How does a ghost whose whole thing is he's dead die and then be brought back? To life,
1: a lot of what happens in this issue is chalked up under
0: anything can happen in this limbo pocket universe. Okay, so it's kind of like in uh Austin Powers when they start doing time travel and then they look at the camera and they just say, Don't think about it too much.
1: Yeah, basically. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. And really, if you do that, which is what you should do, you know, it is more enjoyable, right? Yeah, um. But anyway, uh, Boston takes them there because he said that, like, nobody is powered there. So Janice's, like, scythe that's cutting through realities and creating portals to other times and places just stops working, except for Diana's lasso. So I don't really know how that works, but you know, whatever. They needed to bring Boston back. Um, So yeah, then it turns out that Diana's lasso is actually one of the Norns threads. The Norns being, you know, Asgardian and the threads are the like fate of the universe. So I guess that's also why it was mega-powered up. But anyway, uh, it turns out that the whole time Janice was a bad guy, but not the one pulling all the strings, if you will. It was actually... Uh, if you remember me talking about the first issue of this arc janice was split from this other god there were two people and they split and she left the one uh there on olympus turns out he was the bad guy all along because he basically set this Janus free to kill everything uh because he didn't he wanted time to stop i don't really know why he said that he saw the future and it was terrible and he didn't want to make it that far so he let janice loose to like destroy everything but anyway it didn't work the day is saved uh diana's uh and siegfried so the two janices back together and um Yeah, they kind of just send everyone off on their merry way. The Olympus gods want Diana to come back to Olympus with them, but she says no. Siegfried is like, cool, does that mean you're coming back to Asgard to be with me? She was like, no, even though I'm going to miss you and Ratatosk, who's the little magic squirrel that's been with them the whole time. And so there was a pretty sad goodbye with them, and it did suck because I actually grew to like those two characters quite a bit. Um, but it was one of those, you know, I'll see you again, one of these days. And yeah, Ben Ratatosk, who's kind of wrapping up the story says that, uh, that she went back to her earth and then it ends and says next time Diana's return. So I assume we will get back to our regularly scheduled, uh, Wonder Woman stuff. I don't know if Cloonan and Conrad are continuing or if this was like the end of their run and maybe someone else is taking over. But uh, since they're going to be doing Batgirls, but it was a fine wrap up to uh, to the arc. I'd probably give because the art's like really, really good. Probably give it a seven overall just because I didn't like the whole if you don't think about it too hard thing, because a lot of the stuff just really didn't make sense. They just needed to wrap it up, but still enjoyable. Um, So, yeah, seven out of ten, which is perfectly fine.
0: And then what would you say the whole arc is? And would you recommend it to your mom since she is a Wonder Woman fan?
1: Um, overall, I think it's an eight, and I would recommend it because it's still fun to see her jump around to all the different realms. Yeah. Uh, and most of the time, it worked really well. Uh, you know, it's just I think it got a little too big for its britches. You know, and mm-hmm. they just had to they had to use a pocket dimension to make things wrap up in a semi-sensical I- way um okay and then next i will do sonic the hedgehog 44 it's written by ian flynn with pencils by tracy yardley uh, and colors by matt herms i'll be really brief with this um so sonic and Tails send the deadly six back to uh i think their planet's called the last hex or like final hex or something like that and the leader's like uh, if you're being merciful and sending us back there, just know that we're going to come back and try to take you over again. And Sonic mm-hmm. was basically just like, that's fine. I'll just take you down as easily as I did this time again. And
0: Tails was like, oh...
1: Yeah, basically, right? Tails <laughs> is the ultimate hype, man. <laughs> but the, the meat of the issue was uh, Dr. Starline kind of like, experimenting on bell whom he kidnapped an issue or two ago and gets bell to tell her origin story which was when eggman was uh had lost his memory he went by mr tinker uh and just kind of put his roots down in this little town and was like building toys and carnival rides for like the people here and he wasn't an evil doctor <laughs> and he made bell and then uh bell got really mad at starline for finding eggman and turning him back into an evil doctor and then the chaotic show up to save bell because they're detectives and they figured out where he was keeping her and starline gets away spoiler alert and yeah the final page is just the deadly six saying will come back even more ruthless than before, but I don't think it'll be anytime soon, basically, because uh, they've been around a lot lately. I think we're going to get back to some more Eggman and Starline stuff, uh, maybe some Metal Sonic, but it was pretty cool. I like a good origin story, and it was done well enough here, and it's cool to see Eggman be someone he's not because he lost his memory. That was pretty cool. So uh, I'm gonna give this one an eight out of ten. It's one of the better Sonic comics I've read in a while.
0: I'm just gonna say though, as someone that's hearing about it, it sounds kind of lame how they did the the six, you know, the the bad guy, the bad bad group six, as I'm gonna call them, because I forgot their <laughs> the deadly six. Deadly six. <laughs> yeah. The bad guy sixes. I was I was disappointed because it was it sounds like, oh yeah, they did a lot of build up for him and then Sonic's like you thought and just takes them out really you know, easy. Well they did they i mean they did a whole arc on these guys
1: and then the star there was a starline miniseries um
0: so like they had their time they just came back as a filler yeah that's what i'm saying it's like you're building them up building them up building them up and it's just like one issue so it's like out of here and then you know you think that there'd be a little bit you know like Sonic would at least h- struggle with them, and you know, like for a couple issues instead of it is being taken out <laughs> real yeah, quick.
1: Well, you know, it's Sonic comics. What can you do? I'm sure. I'm sure, enough. the kids are just all about it, but it is what it is. Uh, but why don't you go, man? Do one of yours. Right,
0: so I'm going to talk about Fantastic Four: Life Story. Uh, number four, and it's the 90s. So, this is by Mark Russell with art by Sean Zaxi with Francisco Mana, also. And this is the first issue that I've actually been like, you know, I think I liked the first issue, and that second two I did not care for, but this one was actually really good. It's all through things perspective, and he's looking for love online, like, because basically. When you have like all these super geniuses and, you know, in the, in this universe, and they're all kind of working together. There's no wars. You have like Tony Stark figuring out how to make like renewable energy. That's amazing. That's, you know, getting rid of all of like the greenhouse gases. And this is like my favorite thing in the comic. If everything I've read all week, um, he goes, the hydrogen engine will make power cheap clean and plentiful strangling the threat of global <laughs> warming in its infancy awkward analogy but cool <laughs> <laughs> and then uh to like the people in wakanda like t'challa and all of his scientists uh cured hiv and aids so like all of these terrible things and so like internet's way more around now like franklin's getting married to a lady from wakanda and the you know like i said things do an internet dating and he meets alicia and there's another funny part too it's um his date and it's you know alicia shows up and the, like the bartender who's his buddy is like asks him like you look nice ben funeral it's like blind date and then the alicia shows up like are you ben i'm alicia and then the bartender was like boy you weren't kidding <laughs> <laughs> she's like wow never heard that one before sorry he's a jerk but a friend a friend but a jerk nonetheless I was like that's that's pretty funny and then they they really liked each other and then like it tells Ben's sad story about how he got kicked out of the military but like Reed made these satellites that were gonna stop galactus and then silver surfer shows up and blows them all up and then he basically tells him galactus is gonna come he's gonna kill you guys y'all are gonna die in a couple days, de- you know in a a couple, you know, months or whatever. So get your affairs in order, and then it it ends that way. So I am interested in seeing where this goes. This was actually the first, like I said, really good issue since at least the first issue. So I'm going to give an 8 out of 10. This is so much better than the last issue too.
1: Glad you liked it, man. I know you're a big Thing fan.
0: Yeah. I love those big old
1: Thing. So speaking of this, this will be really quick, so I don't want to cut into our time, but uh, did you see the little like bit of art we got from uh, Devil's Reign? I did you I see didn't. any of
0: that online? Wait, um, yeah, I think I did. The like, where Chichetto posted it, right?
1: I think so. It was like a couple pages.
0: Yeah, um, I did see that.
1: I mean, I'll be honest, even though I haven't really read this run, like I might just pick up this mini-series because it looks awesome, like really awesome. Yeah, and
0: That's one thing that Marvel does way better than DC. It makes like all of their books are easy to pick up from the start because they have that little page that says this is everything that's happened.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: even though this series would be best if you start at chips, the start of chips run because it's all connected to that, you could still start from the last issue and just start reading it because it's got that you know opening thing where dc's like good luck right (laughs) yeah there's just that he
1: posted a cover and like iron man's on it so whatever but then there's like cap and luke and invisible woman and the two daredevils and the two spider-mans and electra's there and uh you know Jessica Jones and then there's Kingpin in the background looking all evil and I was like oh man I'm gonna have to get this I like all those people yeah (laughs) all right anyway so next I will talk about Harley Quinn Eat Bang Kill Tour number one uh this is by T Franklin and art by Max Saren Saren um I'll say if you haven't watched the Harley Quinn animated series, don't read this book because nothing will make sense and you'll probably hate it. Um, But if you have watched that, then this just reads a whole lot, like an episode of that. It kind of just continues the story from where the last season ended. And um, yeah, just, they're Harley and Ivy and Harley's two hyenas are taking like a honeymoon road trip and Gordon has bugged the car or something and is going to try to bring them in because they basically Harley destroyed all of Gotham with Paradine and spoiler alert. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun and the arts neat, um, yeah, I liked it a lot more because I've actually watched the series. So I'll give it a seven out of ten. There was a lot of like unnecessary uh like dialogue at the beginning, but
0: overall I liked it. I wonder how important that series is gonna be because they're making more seasons. So I wonder if like is it is the creators actually working on this book at all, or is it just like random people? I'll be
1: honest, I have no idea. Um okay i mean it seems like because dc with uh like flash and arrow used to do mini series in between the seasons that would fill in some info which i never read but recognize that that is potentially a pretty great idea so uh you know maybe maybe this is like necessary info uh, for whenever the next one starts but All right, and then I will talk about the last ride uh, briefly. Um, A lot of it is cool fight scenes. Um, This is some stuff that we saw at the end of last issue, but we get like Wonder Woman versus Mongol. And, uh, you know, the, the Brainiac... Uh, Cyborg Superman that we saw at the end shows up with his army of manhunters. And so Flash and Superman are fighting them. And uh, there's a really cool big reveal that I don't want to spoil, but I'm interested in Casey's take on it. And uh, yeah, that's all I can really say that this is a terrible review because I don't want to give anything away. Uh, But it was a nine out of 10 for me. Uh and dang, I just I want to talk to you about it, Casey. So you gotta let me know after you read it. But all right, we'll do it, man. It was cool.
0: I'm really excited. Like I am kicking myself for somehow missing it. I think I just glazed past Justice League. I'm like, I don't care about Justice League. <laughs> all right, so Godzilla Rivals uh ver, you know versus Mothra. This one's fine. I'm a little disappointed in that it's by uh, Mar um Mary Kinney with uh SL Gallant. On the pencils, and I'm a little disappointed because I was under the impression this series would be like a like an actual series and not just like one shots. Like this is a different creative team than the last one; it's no connection to last one. So I didn't know that going in. So kind of kind of threw me through a loop, kind of had me disappointed. But it was neat. Like basically, there's a monster that lives in this lake, and it's it turns out like this female journalist finds out that oh, it's Mothra under there, and the Japanese defense forces keeping her there and Godzilla's attacking so she sets him fr- you know sets Mothra free and Mothra fights Godzilla and what does Mothra do every time she is uh in a movie or you know in a thing with Godzilla
1: breaks out of a cocoon and then becomes friends with Godzilla
0: no I was going to say dies oh <laughs> It's not a Mothra appearance without her somehow dying, and that's what happens here too. And but the one thing I will say about this that makes it so much better than like any Mo- Godzilla versus Mothra movie, like I'm not the biggest Mothra fan, just because of the fact that like outside of the King of the Monsters, they cannot do a good Mothra fight scene to save their life, and it's not their fault. It's just like trying to use those puppets versus a guy in a suit just does not look good like the heisei series they try to do it by giving her like energy beams to make it like there so they're spamming that but it's still like at the end of the day you have you know her flying godzilla here just ramming into each other and it just does not (laughs) look good and but like with this since they're able to draw it it looks so much better the story was good it had like nice little callbacks to like godzilla versus mothra where the female protagonist in that movie is also a journalist and all that stuff so it's like it's all these like little kind of cool things and then they actually she's able to do like all this like cool stuff do like diving and you know all this and instead of just being like oh she just can like they actually explain it like her parents made sure she could do all this stuff because they were the adventuring type and they wanted to make sure their daughter could so like she was always annoyed that she had to learn how to like mountain climb and scuba dive and all this stuff and it's actually coming in handy when she's trying to save mothra so Like it's really neat, I liked it, but like I said, I wish it would have been like an actual connected story to the other one. This is just like I said, a one shot. The next one's going to be a King of Dora one, should be cool. So you can read that one since it's not connected to anything else, absolutely. But uh, yeah, for me, it's gonna be eight out of ten. Like, the like, like I said, the only knocks to it is this, there's no continuity, it's just its own separate story, but it's a lot of fun.
1: I'm glad you liked it. All right. Then my final solo issue here is the final issue of the Mighty Valkyries, which is number five. It's written by Jason Aaron and Torin Gronbeck, and art by Mattia De Iulis. Gosh, I'm so sorry. They um, just shut the podcast off. Yeah, I know, right? Again, this is like arguably the best artwork in comics right now, especially you know a high fantasy type book like this um, but the end of the last issue hella was challenged uh, for the throne of hell by the dragon skeleton of Fafnir and loki goes and knocks out craven to grab his grandchild whose name is Moore, and uh yeah brings him to hell brings them to hell i'm sorry and more turns into a giant wolf form and spoiler alert uh just goes like berserk supernova and destroys fafnir which just looks freaking awesome and starts to go crazy eats loki eats the like uh carnilla and the three little god babies from the story but jane shows up and has to talk them down which works because they had like a little connection an issue or two ago and more was basically just like hey thanks for believing in me and not everyone else who just said i'm evil for no reason because i'm the grandchild of loki um yeah so then jane and runa take the god babies back to their actual mother on earth they still have god powers but Loki, It shows Loki and Jane just kind of like sitting on a skyscraper, looking down at their apartment building. And Jane's like, I have no idea why I still feel so connected to these kids. And Loki's like, oh, it's because Carnilla made me give her some of your hair so that she could weave you to their fate. And he's like, oh, and also I gave her some of my hair, too. So we're both connected to these kids. And Jane's like, why would you do that? And he's like, well, an impulse, I guess. But uh, these little gods will need guidance when they grow older. And Jane's like, huh, Godfather Loki. Now I've heard it all. See ya, and flies off. And Loki was like, well, I was thinking more all father. And that's kind of how it ends. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because Loki for a while has been trying to be a good guy. Which is all fun and whatnot. Um. So, yeah, they, they leave. They let Hela, I guess, remain ruler of hell. And is basically just like, take care of your wife, Carnilla, and stop being a jerk. And also let more do whatever they want because they're not evil. And Jane and Loki are watching after these kids every now and then. And yeah, everyone flies off into the sunset. It was pretty cool. That final fight with more and Fafnir was just like ridiculous. If you guys have thought this sounded cool for me talking about it for the last, you know, five months, definitely check out the trade because I, again, could not suggest it more. It's just, it's good Asgard stuff, but it's also just in general good Norse mythology. And uh, Jason Aaron and Torn and Groenbeck have weaved the two together in a way that most people really can't <laughs> sometimes stuff like this just doesn't translate well at all. But, uh, but this was really cool. So, uh, and plus Casey, I mean, that's like the art you get, which I think is incredible.
0: That is really great. Now, did they ever cross like the two Valkyries ever cross paths? They did here at the end. Okay. Cause I was going to say, I was like, I don't yeah. know. Them. Come on.
1: No, I, yeah, I know that their, their stories were separate there for a while, but they, I think it was actually towards the end of the last issue. Uh, They both, they both went to hell because they were needed there. Um, But yeah, it, it all really did wrap up really nicely. And the part that I liked a lot was at the end, it says, what a beautiful goodbye. This issue closes a chapter for Jane and Runa. But the Valkyries will return and sooner than you expect. So keep a sharp eye, true believer. I was like,
0: yes, they're going to get a second
1: volume or something.
0: Figured they would. Yeah, because it's doing the Marvel way. It is. But, you know, when it's good, I'm okay with it. Uh, And it's like that's a new number one is going to get more people to read versus number six. Yeah, that's true. I just I really hope that they get the same artist, too, because
1: my goodness, it's maybe that that so might be good.
0: why they're taking a break.
1: That could be. And they deserve a break after that. I mean, yeah. it was never once was I like, oh, this isn't as good as last time. It was always 10 out of 10 stuff. So yeah. speaking of 10 out of 10, that's what I'm giving the issue and the series in general. I, yes. I think every time I loved it with like minimal to zero complaints. So, yeah. It was awesome.
0: Okay, man. What order do you want to do these books in?
1: Um, Let's go... I'm rearranging. So, you know, no guessing order this time. Okay. Let's do Titans, uh, Superman, Primordial Joker.
0: Sounds good to me. I had my my Titans bef- right before my Joker, and I decided to just put that in the front, and then we were matching. Excellent. I'll let you talk about this one though, because I've been yapping away. Okay, man. So Titans United won a seven, and I'll find the creative teams. If I can't, all right. It's by uh, Kevin Scott with uh, Jose Lewis on the pencils. And yeah, did you what were just your initial thoughts on this? I didn't really care for it. I did not like it at all either. The art in it is nice, but yeah, the the way the characters were written, I didn't know if you would like it because I didn't know if they were trying to make it more like the Titans TV show the way they were written, but they all just seemed off.
1: No, they definitely were. Like, here's what's so annoying. Unless your name is you know, Judd Winnick, you, you write Jason, he's so unlikable, right? And he doesn't yeah. need to be that way. He's I not mean, just this, like, jerk all the time. Like, he is a jerk, but, dude, I couldn't stand him in this issue.
0: In all fairness, I couldn't stand most of them in this issue. So, like, basically, we get this guy. He just starts shooting heat vision out of his eyes, and the Titans show up. And then he can turn into uh, like a green animal, and then he can do starfire powers. And he gets a little bit of like Superboy powers too, like, like other Superboy powers too, I think. And then uh, Jason's got guns again, which continuity wise he shouldn't have guns, but then also Superboy's dressed like, you know, not like he's dressed like Match and Suicide Squad and not like regular suit, you know, like how he is now. So it's like, I don't think any of this is in continuity, so it doesn't matter. And then he, the the dude blows up. And then, like, all, the Superboy doesn't have his powers anymore. And Raven's kind of hurt and whatnot. I hated Beast Boy. He annoyed the crap out of me in this. Mm-hmm. Like, and, really. Sorry, go ahead. You no, know, and, and it's, that's another thing that's continuity wise, it doesn't work is he. Is like hitting on Starfire the whole time. It's like at first you kind of get the feeling like, oh yeah, no, him and Raven are still together in this, but then it's like, oh no, they aren't. He's, you know, just kind of flirting with everybody. So it's like, okay, yeah, this isn't in continuity. Like, there's no way it is. That that would explain it. Why nothing makes sense and why well, it's not really good. Like, had this been written by Tim Sheridan, it probably would have been great. Yeah, I agree. It
1: should have been written by him. <laughs> um I was going to say like the only part that I really liked is when Superboy grabs a guy and he's like, sorry, bud, but I need to get you clear and just bear hugs him and flies straight up with him while he blows up. Like that part was cool, but that was like the only part that I could even remotely stand in this issue. Otherwise it's just Superboy and Jason having a, you know, what swing in contest. And it just didn't, it didn't work. And i was really excited for this especially after the ridiculously awesome cover that we got for it
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: but yeah uh, unless it's like a light week i doubt i give the second issue a try because the writing's not good
0: yeah the writing's bad and like like i said we're getting a lot of really cool titan stuff and i was hoping this was going to be another like in that universe because i've been really enjoying that and this isn't and they didn't even let us know that beforehand this is just its own thing and it's not a good thing like the art's yeah. good but that's about it i'm what i where is your rating at for this probably like a three or a four <laughs> that i'm at a three that's about where like well, as soon as i finish reading it in the hotel i'm like yeah this is a three
1: I'll say four then for that little Superboy moment and the cover. But like, if this was Tim Sheridan writing all the professors like hanging out and going out on like a mini, you know, adventure, this could have been a knockout of the series. Yeah, I
0: 100% agree.
1: All right. Next, we've got Superman and the Authority number three. And this is written by Grant Morrison. An art done by Travel Foreman and Mikhail Hanin. Um, yeah, so Casey, I'll ask your thoughts on this one.
0: I wasn't super hot on it. I loved the art, obviously. The art's amazing, but yeah, the story itself—it was just kind of. Eh. I do like the way Grant writes. Um, Midnighter. Like if Grant was writing the backup for Midnighter, I'd be reading that for sure because he's so fun in this. Mm-hmm. Like, every time he talks about it, he's like okay superman he's like that's still so weird that i'm saying this and, like all that <laughs> type of stuff but, like yeah. it, it's a lot of fun and whatnot but yeah like the story itself like this this was like a really big filler issue for a four issue mini series which just kind of sucks
1: yeah i think I'll be honest, I I think it's pretty neat that uh and this is some spoilers by the way, that Ultra Humanite put his brain inside mm-hmm. Grundy, like I was like, "Oh, that's actually kind of neat." And then plans to get in Superman's body, but uh but yeah, otherwise I was just kind of like this is a
0: whole lot of an issue about absolutely nothing. Yeah, they're still trying to get the team together. And all that other stuff. Dude, like,
1: and they say they have one more person to get. Yeah. And it's the final issue next. So, like, yeah,
0: we dude, we have to be getting another mini-series of this. Well, I've heard they're supposed to be showing up in action comics, but I'm like, how is that supposed to work? Because it's like this is clearly not in continuity. Because people are throwing a fit. Cause like in the solicits, it's saying, like, oh some of the authority are going to die basically. And so people are throwing a fit about that saying like, oh, how they, how can they do this to these characters, blah, blah. And it's like, that it can't be this authority that we've been getting in this comic because this is not continuity. Superman's not losing Whoa. his powers and all this other stuff i mean it could be this authority that says that's, we are the authority that's what i was thinking it was going to be after because like after i saw that i'm like that's probably who's going to be going to because it's like they go to war world and it says something about how like there's losses of the you know from the authority or whatever yeah so yeah, i don't know
1: like i like how grant writes all the team members
0: um Yeah, Grant does a great job of writing the characters like it doesn't seem like Grant ever gets a character in a book that he doesn't or that they don't know how to write.
1: But because chances are Grant's read every single issue they've ever been in.
0: Yeah, and there's also like (laughs) even like somewhat of a chance where they've, you know, been tripping and talked to the characters like they've done with Superman. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yes it's it's just a hundred percent the story itself was not good to me like it just was not interesting at all and it's like just a big big old pile of filler and also is the light ray in this a new character i don't think so but i oh. i don't know i don't know off the top of my head but it sounds like we could easily google it but i'm not going to right now <laughs> yeah i'm am- my interest is peaked at Eclipseo. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Uh, for me, it's probably a big old fat six out of ten.
0: I'm out of five, so yeah. <laughs> All right. So next is Primordial Number One, and this is by Jeff Lemire and Andreas Sorinto. And um, yeah. What what did you think on this one, man?
1: honestly i kind of loved it
0: yeah yeah like i i wouldn't say i loved it but i liked it enough and then the ending has me really hyped what'd you love about it
1: um this doctor is it pembroke or some pembroke something like that
0: yeah from mit yes he <laughs> he'd always say that that's why i was right <laughs> He's just like
1: likable. He's really likable. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that he's a good person trying his best to do his job. And then the the mysterious guy in his car who's like trying to help him out. Uh, I don't know. And then just the mystery behind everything. It's just, I'm like, what, what happened? Why does it say they died? And then they didn't like, what, what's going on yeah. here? So I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of invested.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm like, on it, for for me, when I was reading, I was like, no, a lot's going on," but then, like, like I said, but it was like it was interesting enough that I could, I was keep kept reading it, and then like I got to that last page with the the reveal that I don't really want to say because so if someone wants to pick it up, they can. But yeah, that last page reveal, I'm like, yeah, I you hooked me for sure, big time.
1: And what what you said about what you just said about this issue is how I felt about May's book last week, but like. For me, this is a way better first issue than the May's book one. I yeah. was like well, way more depressing. interested.
0: <laughs> well, that too. That too. Um, yeah, but- it's also like May's book. Is, sorry, I keep interrupting you. But May's book was more like like one person's life. Well, this is like kind of a more interesting subject matter too. So that, that helps a lot.
1: Yeah, plus... Andrea Sorrentino's art is ridiculous. I mean, that that splash page with those colors was just insane. So, yeah. yeah,
0: I I really liked it. And it's one of those things, too, where, like, this art, like, their art was, in my opinion, at DC, must have been being hindered by edit- editorial. Because this is, like, a step up from what they were doing before. And it was really good before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one's probably a nine for me. It's just a seven for me, but I am super invested. I'm really, I am really am excited to see where it goes from here.
1: Casey dishing out the low numbers this week.
0: I know. I think I was too nice last week, so I'm like, I got to rein it in. <laughs> All right, and then finally, we've got the Joker number
1: seven. And this was written by James Tynan. And... Uh, art was done by yikes. I can't find it. Uh by oh by Glen March, of course.
0: All right, dude, what'd you think of this one? It was pretty dang silly with uh the new character that I don't know if they're new or not, but the the new character, new to me character that was introduced.
1: Uh which one?
0: Julia Pennyworth. Oh This big reveal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's (laughs) been
1: around, hasn't she? Yeah.
0: I don't, I mean, I'm sure she has. This is the first time I can remember seeing her, but that was just super silly to me that they're bringing her into this. Secret spy, Julia Pennyworth. I mean, at least
1: the story is international. It makes more sense than her just like showing up in Gotham and being a regular.
0: Yeah. And then also, I didn't like how the uh, court of owl dude appears and like stephanie brown is the most useless person on the planet Mm -hmm. like it's just like my goodness like like comes to stab and then she's like oh a knife yeah so i wasn't super hot on that that was my Uh, biggest
1: beef with the whole issue i'm like dude she would have just grabbed his arm and like snapped it in half like why why did she hesitate
0: yeah, like that's that's the biggest thing with the owl, like the Court of Owls, and it's kind of the same thing that happened with like the Manhunters and Jeff uh, Johns's Green Lantern run. It's like they started off as a threat, but then by the end of it, they're just like cannon fodder. So I mean, I don't know. It's kind of lame when they use them anymore because they just ruined them in the first series that they were in, and also. I don't like
1: that they gave Cassandra's cowl eyes. I think her cowl's way cooler without eyes.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. She looks like, uh, Oh, was it? Who was that night? Nightwing villain was a, wasn't murmur. That was a flash villain. Wasn't it? There was that nightwing villain from the, uh, Chuck Dixon run. And then Devin, and then the Devin Grayson run where it was like, looked like a bat character. Like it would just be like,
1: Oh, it's like fatal or something. Right.
0: Yeah. I think so. That's what she looks like now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like it was cool. Like Stephanie was useless and Barbara was useless just so Stephanie could make this like reappearance. And then, cause I was like, dude, if it's one Talon versus those two back girls and it's giving them trouble then i'm gonna be really upset um, well like
0: giving babs trouble right now because it's like oh yeah her her back like has kind of given her issues and all that type of stuff you can write off but with stephanie being just an idiot and be like what that didn't make any sense right
1: uh yeah i did kind of you know i always enjoy the the gym stuff though like his little flirty back and forth with this interpol lady was kind of was enjoyable because i i like um anything that's thrown at jim he's like a seasoned vet at this point and he's like look you don't think i did this or he's like i used to do this trick like it's not working on me he's he's a smart detective and i like that and they're just throwing him into like a new situation which is pretty neat so I like that aspect, but yeah, the stuff with the Talon was frustrating if you're a fan of those characters involved in that scene, but and then I I straight up didn't read the
0: backup cuz I don't care. I skimmed the backup and it's like the one good the one big takeaway is like Orca might be like cuz we were complaining like oh how she was being bad even though she was good last time we saw her and they kind of explain why she's kind of being bad but she's still kind of being good now and we also got a Lady Bane appearance at the end of Joker which I'm excited about because you know she was interesting so at least we get to see that again Mm -hmm. I need to get on her arm workout because she's got some guns but uh, yeah and like the the backup story it's by uh, Tynan and Sam Johns with art by Sweeney Boo and it's not uh, it's not good like, I mean, unless you really like Punchline, but otherwise it's, yeah, it's not very good. Harper's trying to figure stuff out. And then her brother is still the stupidest person on the planet. Like he goes to his boyfriend's place and they don't have AC. So he's like, I'm just going to take my shirt off. He takes his shirt off. He's got like a card tattoo on him. And then the Harper's brother's like, uh, what's like, oh, you got a Joker tattoo? No, thank you. And he's like, don't worry. It's not Joker. It's the because I was in the Royal Flush Gang. And then he's like, ooh, tell me more. It's like, that's still bad, Harper's brother, you idiot. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't get how you're going like, oh, well, you're with these murderers? <laughs> yes, please.
1: Also, I'd like to point out that I messed up. It's not fatal, it's brutal. Oh, okay. It's a towel. Yeah, it's a towel.
0: Uh, so yeah, what would you rate it? I'm probably down to a four on it. I'm not super hot on this issue.
1: Casey hates everything this week, guys. Not Um,
0: everything. I like the two that you didn't read.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm probably at a six, though. Yeah. I, I, you know, still like the series. Still going to keep reading it. There's just like
0: there's there's good parts and there's not good parts. This week was just more not good parts for me. Yeah. Alright, what are we excited for next week? Okay, so for me, Aquaman. I'm, after reading that 100, you know, years of Aquaman thing, or you know, however many, I got pretty excited for that. Um Flash, of course, we need to come up with a title for the next episode, so the Flash will help there. And then, um shazam okay
1: i thought for sure you'd say last ronin so i'll go with last ronin yeah um and then moon knight and probably norse mythology
0: nice man yeah okay and then uh, to finish up um norm oh shoot i can't believe i'm blank on his name again McDonald's. um mcdonald passed away and i never really cared for his comedy for the longest time i was like ah, i don't you know whatever and then like after he passed away random stuff started getting posted and i started watching i'm like holy crap this dude was hilarious i'm an idiot and so just give me four creators you didn't really appreciate till they left a book or died
1: i'm really glad you said left a book or because if it was just yeah. died this would have been way harder so most of this, except for Kirby, was after they left a book. Uh, but I will say Jack Kirby just in general. Um, I wasn't reading comics when he was alive. So, uh, And then uh, Grant Morrison on Superman. Clearly, I wasn't reading Superman. And then you made me read um, All-Star. Made me realize that's the best one out there for Superman. Um, jmd Mateus and keith giffen like i you had me read their justice league and then i read like most of their other stuff that had long wrapped up after you know before i started reading it and i'm like oh my gosh all of it's good i need everything they've ever (laughs) written and then walt simonson on thor you know he wrote thor in the 80s and
0: uh it was amazing and i read it after the fact so what about you dude so for me morrison's one that comes to mind because i was reading batman when they were writing it but i didn't really appreciate it for how good it was until like years later now i'm like man i just i need to get the like in a big collection so i can read it all again because i know how good it was all the different things that were being brought up it was really cool and i'm I'm saying like this is like pre batman inc batman is the one i'm talking you know the run i'm talking about and then um, Dan Jurgens, like the one, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where at the time like, I didn't really read, like. I don't remember really. I'm like reading his stuff when it was coming out. But then, like for a while, it always kind of make make jokes about different stuff that you know he did. Then like I go back and read. And I'm like, oh no, I'm just stupid. I was wrong. This is just this is good <laughs> and fun. Um, I'm trying to think. Then like Snyder on Batman, like at the his first. His first arc of new fifty two, I was like, Oh yeah, this is really good. And then I just slowly kind of got to the point where I'm like it's not that good anymore. But then like looking back, I'm like, it actually was. I was just being kind of a curmudgeon, trying to be difficult, you know. Like especially no, after reading Tom King stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of made me made me re- you know, realize just how good he was. Um trying to think of the last one. I got nothing for the last one, but yeah.
1: Solid answers there. All right. I think that's the end of the episode then, huh? I think so, man. All right, guys. Well, closing plugs. If you would, please go to facebook.com slash two worlds podcast and give the page a like. You can also find us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on Instagram at two worlds pod. You can also email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on YouTube. Just search two worlds podcast. And also, leave guys,
0: a, hmm? leave us a comment on the old YouTubes, you know, say something about how Jake's looking very dapper, you know, with his nice hair. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and then the
1: last thing, guys, is I had the opportunity to be a guest on another podcast this week. The episode dropped uh, today, which is Monday. But that podcast is The Testing Room. It is a video game podcast done by a group of friends that I am also friends with. They asked me to come on and talk about comics and video games and sort of how those two bleed over. And it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, if you want to hear me talk about that stuff, go check it out. It's episode 11 of The Testing Room.
0: Do you just talk about Sonic comics and then your upcoming Star Fox comics that you're going to get in the mail? <laughs> I did bring up Sonic because, I mean, how can you not?
1: How can you not yeah. bring up? I mean, those were huge in the 90s. So mm-hmm. that was a big topic
0: of discussion. No Star Fox, though, huh? Uh,
1: No, no Star Fox. I, I was really trying not to, like, just talk and talk and
0: talk about whatever I wanted to because I, <laughs> I was <gotcha>. the guest. <laughs> I got <gotcha>, you, man. <laughs> They just had to cut your mic halfway through because he wouldn't right. stop. Like, he just <laughs> he won't shut up about Star Fox. And then they turn it back on. You're just like, you never stop. You just kept <laughs> going the whole time. <laughs> okay, guys, we'd love to say in chat, but Jake's blue paws are just getting everywhere. I got to solve this crime. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.